Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with my very own Brooks Belis. Now, some of you may be new listeners and you're thinking, who is Brooks Bielis? <laughs> and actually, he's my husband of seven years as of today. Happy anniversary, babe. Today, Brooks and I answered questions that you guys submitted on Instagram about our love story, our family, and what our upcoming plans are for Journey Women since this is actually the very last episode that we're going to air before my maternity leave. I can't believe it, you guys. Don't worry, the Lord willing, we're going to be back to airing new episodes of Journey Women in 2019. But until then, I want to share a few of my favorite moments from 2018. Like the time I was talking to Jen Wilkin about the will of God, and she said this. God, who is the God of all outcomes, is able to work with any decision that we make. And that's what, if we look back on our lives, we, we typically see Him doing, right? And, and the totally. Decision- The decision point seems like the big moment for us, but in reality, God is always more concerned with the decision maker Mm -hmm. with any given decision. And so I would argue that the better question to ask regarding God's will is not what should I do, but who should I be? Or how about this time when Jackie Hill Perry reminds us to remember the gospel? Oh, what God wants me to do is to continually remember the gospel and glean from the gospel as it relates to my temptations or my desires or my trials or my sufferings or even my victories. And that even my victories, I can glory in it and be thankful for it because I have a right understanding and right knowledge of Jesus now where I can thank him truly instead of saying, oh, I did this. I can actually say, no, I know you did this and I'm glad that you did it. And when Brad Evangelista made me cry in the closet by saying this. There's a 25 or a 30-year-old mom that may be listening to this. And right now, one of the fruits that God is building in her life is not feelings of awesomeness. But right now, he's developing in her life spiritual grit. He's putting calluses, spiritually speaking, on her hands. So that when she is a 55-year-old or 60-year-old woman... 20 or 30 years from now, she's going to be able to come alongside a young, struggling, tired, frustrated mom who's the same age she is now. And she's going to be able to look in her eyes and say, sister, you're going to make it. And that's the fruit that God is producing and anchoring and digging deep into a young woman's life right now. And the thing is, I would say to that sister, just hold on, because the harvest will come in and through your life of godliness but it takes time. 
It takes time. I'm sorry. I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, reminded me of when Nana Dulce dropped this truth bomb. You're not able to repent unless the spirit of God is working in you to will and to work. Mm. So even if most of your day is filled with repentance, go ahead and and press on. So if all you're doing is crawling, crawl, limp. Maybe there are some people who are running or maybe there are seasons in which you're running and other seasons you're crawling, whatever it is, persevere. What a year it has been. Like I always say, it's such a joy to get to journey alongside you all. Hey, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on new episodes with guests just like these when we come back on April 1st, 2019. You can also hop over to social media where we're going to highlight some of the episodes from the archives. And if you're loving the podcast, we would love for you to consider partnering with us during this break to help cover the cost of the podcast while we aren't bringing in money from our typical weekly advertisements. You can find out more about that by going to journeywomenpodcast.com slash give. Now, on to my conversation with my husband, Brooks Belis. Brooks John Belis, welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Are you upset with me for using your middle name? Not at all. Just you and my mother. <laughs> well, you have been a highly coveted guest on the Journey Women Podcast, and we are currently sitting in my closet. So... Apologies for any ambient noise that might be taking place because how big do you think this is? It's like three by four. Yeah, I usually call it like a four by four closet, but this is, it's proven to be optimal recording space. It's a little tight for the two of us. (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us. I am excited to have you on the show today. Brooks, we've been married for seven years today, December 17th. Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary to you too, babe. I can't believe it's been that long. It really doesn't feel like it. it. It's been amazing. It's been really, really fun. So anyways, I guess to celebrate our anniversary, we're just going to drop a podcast. (laughs) Sounds like exactly the thing you'd want to be doing to celebrate. Um, What was it that you said before we got in here? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd rather jump out of a thousand airplanes than than record a podcast, but I'm I'm happy to be here, babe. You love me. I love you. (laughs) All right. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are? what you do. I'm sure they've picked up on some of who you are from me, like dropping things in the podcast. Um, but somebody actually wrote in and said, like, who even are you guys? Like, I don't know anything about your personal life. So, Brooks, who are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, as everyone out there knows, I'm the husband to Hunter. Um, I'm the father to our two beautiful daughters, Hadley and Davey. Uh, and vocationally, I am an infantry officer in the U.S. Army. And we're stationed at? Uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Which is what? Our fourth duty station? Yeah, fourth. Fourth in the last six years. Six to seven, yep. It's been so fun getting to follow you as you follow Jesus. Well, thanks for coming along, babe. (laughs) You know, people are interested in our love story. And it's been a minute. I guess it's been probably nine years since our first date at this point. Is that right? Eight or nine years. (laughs) Math isn't my strong suit. Yeah, memory's not mine, so. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about our love story? How did we meet? Sure, yeah. So as Hunter has mentioned on the podcast numerous times, a big part of our life happened at Pine Cove Christian Camps in East Texas. So that's where we met. I had heard of Hunter, but had not met her. And It was the chick named Hunter type of thing. Yeah, it was a chick named Hunter. (laughs) And so... 
I essentially, between hearing about her and seeing a picture of her, decided that I wanted to meet this girl. So I knew she was coming into town. She was at the University of Arkansas at the time, and I was there doing the Forge Discipleship Leadership Program at Pine Cove at the time and knew she was coming into town. Uh, And essentially, in order to get to this event, I had to publicly speak, which, as you will find out, I don't enjoy doing at all. (laughs) And, uh, And so anyways, I opted to speak at the event so that I could meet Hunter. And that's when I first met Hunter. And she doesn't remember that at all. So <laughs> super memorable. Yes. But after that, I uh, just sought out opportunities to interact with her and be around her and essentially called her up and asked her on a date. Yes. October 1st, um, we went on our first date. And I think it was like our first legitimate conversation. Yeah, I talked with your mom up to that point more than I had you. (laughs) That sounds really creepy, but she was at like one of the Forge meet and greets because I actually did the Forge program after you did. So I do remember interacting with you on like move in day and you were like trying to help carry all my stuff. I was trying to to find the heaviest thing I could carry just to, you know, show off or something. Yep. And for those who don't know, Matt Lance, he's been on the podcast. We call him the Podfather. He's been on twice. He was actually a mentor to both of us and ended up marrying us, which is really fun. But somebody wants to know what were our first impressions of each other? Man, I thought she was strikingly beautiful. She had this uh, she had this picture of her on a bridge. I think your sister took it, but you just had this like intense stare. And I was like, dang. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook. Uh, Yeah, thank you, Facebook. (laughs) But yeah, I I think like on our first date, which was our first conversation, things that I really just took away was that you were uh, incredibly wise and discerning, as well as just respectable and respectful. And I just really enjoyed being around you. And I saw when you interacted with other people that you just had a presence about you. And I was attracted. Was I respectful because I asked to go to the bathroom on our first date? No comment. (laughs) Let's just say I respected you. I respected you so much so that I felt the need to do that. Yeah, awkward times, but we had a great first date. That was really, really fun. Yeah, it was awesome. And then dated for four and a half months. Ended up getting engaged right before you left for basic training. And then we were engaged for how long? Was it 10 months? February to December. So yeah, 10 months. Yep. And then we've been doing this army gig ever since. So what was your favorite date night when we were dating? Uh, So I would say I have two. I don't know what yours would be, but so the, the two that come In, to in mind, our whole four and a half months. <laughs> yeah. Two out of our 10 dates, right? So the first was our first date because it was absolutely epic in every way. And then the second was a date where we essentially made gluten-free, dairy-free. You could call it, you made it, it wasn't really pizza, but yeah, we tried. So our first date, I mean, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Like what did we do on our first date? So on our first date, again, we hadn't, we hadn't talked or discussed really anything before that. And I, I do not remember that conversation at all. Well, I just remember telling you that I was uh, joining the army and I expected you to get up and walk out and you <laughs> stayed in your seat. And I was like, I may have a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. But yeah, our first date, uh, we went out to one of the nicest restaurants in Tyler. I was kind of going, going all out. And then after that, we got coffee and that was like 
to use a military term, a decision point on like, if things were going well, I was going to ask to continue to go with the date. And if not, it was like, okay, I'm going to take her back to her apartment. And kind of the backstory is all of my guy friends from college and the Forge were at a REI garage sale in Dallas, which for those who don't know, is where they sell all their used backpacking and camping gear for a uh, significant discount. And so they were all there. They all knew I was on a date. And I was like, dude, if this goes well, I'm bringing her with me. And and to caveat, some of my friends, my girlfriends from the Forge were there as well. So it wasn't just going to be like Hunter and a bunch of dudes. The date went well. And I asked if you wanted to go to the REI garage sale with me. And we drove to Dallas from Tyler, which is like a two-hour drive. And we camped out on the pavement with a lot of other people. And uh, went and did work at the garage sale the next morning. Yeah, that was really fun. And it's one of those things that I wonder if my parents knew that I actually, like, did that on the first date. <laughs> Don't worry, mom and dad. We were with other people. <laughs> yeah, Hunter was in a tent and I was just sleeping on the concrete. Well, I, I, didn't, I don't think I slept at all, but... Me neither. I, I just kept worrying about laying on my hair the wrong way because I'd never even, like, seen you, you know? And then all of a sudden I got to wake up next to this stranger the next morning. Well, you looked good the next morning. <laughs> As you prepare for the summer, we want to share a unique way to introduce your non-believing friends to a local church, Skylark. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you need to know about Skylark Summer Camp for your kids or as a means to supplement evangelism. Skylark partners with gospel-centric churches to provide summer camps as a means of childcare. By meeting parents' needs for summer childcare for kids having completed kindergarten through fifth grade, Skylark positions the local church to meet the spiritual needs of their community. They offer gospel-rich curriculum that is new each day of their summer camp. Kids can attend for one week, a few weeks, or all 11 weeks. Choose from one of their four locations offering a full summer program in Dallas, Plano, Allen, and Mansfield. The cost is $325 a week, but you can use the code JOURNEYWOMEN for 50% off every single week. What? Head on over to CampSkylark.com to learn more. That's C-A-M-P-S-K-Y-L-A-R-K.com and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN for 50% off. Okay, so what are some of our favorite things to do now that we're married? It's so different because we have two little babies right now. Man, I love our daughters, but I would say the things that I enjoy doing now that we're married, I think with kids is traveling without kids and <laughs> without anything without the kids. But at the same time, <laughs> I, you know, I would say that raising our kids together is, is such an a absolute joy. delight and really hard a lot of the times, but it's totally worth it. I think one of my favorite things is just our family walks in the evening. Yeah. We don't get to do them all the time, especially now that it gets dark at like 5 p.m., but family walks are yeah. really sweet. I would, you know, doing life together, even though it's common a lot of the times, it's just so awesome doing life with you, despite, you know, it being very ordinary and just... Mundane. Mundane, but... It's so awesome doing it with you. So, so yeah. what are, what are some of your simple joys about marriage? I mean, it kind of goes along with the last question, right? So, traveling together, um, raising our kids together, 
I mean, it's great to be able to watch a show every once in a while, like, you know, once. That's a simple joy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one episode a week of whatever we're watching at the time, just to kind of decompress, decompress and be still. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. So that's totally a simple joy. I think not having to go home at night. Like I remember when we were dating, I would always be like, oh man, I have to like leave and just getting to go to bed together, brush our teeth together, do like the basic normal. Everything is a simple joy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So how did having kids change our marriage and how do we protect our marriage now that we do have kids? You should probably weigh in on this one, but you know, everyone told me like in our premarital counseling Mm -hmm. or our friends who were, you know, life stage ahead of us who got married said that when we got married, we'd see, you know, the selfishness inside of us or how selfish we were. I I kind of agree with that. I think for us, it was fairly easy going into, into marriage, but I would say having kids was like, hey, it was an eye opener. So you think having one or having two? Well, I think one was gradual and then two was just like a shock. <laughs> so, I totally agree. You know, now that we have kids, like I don't, I don't think we've, well, we haven't. This is the first time I've ever talked about how we protect our marriage. Our kids are so young and it's such an intense season of parenting that. Yeah. We're just kind of in the in the trenches or in the thick of it, but we strive to walk in oneness and it's same as life before kids, but with, you know, limited resources, which is time right now. Our, our kids are very demanding of our time, which is totally normal because they can't put their clothes on or feed themselves or brush their teeth, do anything, <laughs> go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the army I think a lot of times these conversations, the way I like envision them going in my mind, you would set these expectations of we're going to do date night X amount of times per month or something like that. And it's just the army has really, I don't know, it's it's stripped away the illusion of control in that regard. And so I think we have to hold those things more open handedly than we would otherwise. Yeah, for sure. I think we make the most of the time that we do have together. And so that's the way in which we protect our marriage. But a lot of times that looks like us as a cohesive family unit, not just Uh like mandated one time a week date night, because that may be time where we want to spend together Mm -hmm. as a family until the kids go to bed. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you expect aspects of our parenting to evolve once we have our third kid? Uh, I think to answer that, I would go back to when we had our, our second, right? So when we had Davy, Hadley was at an age where she was what, two? two uh, just 21 months. Two. Yeah. So she was like walking and talking and gaining some semblance of independence. When Davy came about, we had developed a, a lifestyle where we could go, you know, pick up the tempo of our life a little bit more because Hadley was, for lack of a better word, a little bit more durable. I don't think we expected life to slow down. So after seeing how difficult it was having the second, just with the acknowledgement after trying really hard for a while that we need to slow down for the sake of our family and for the sake of our second daughter, Mm -hmm. that for the third, I think it's just a realization that, you know, even though Davey's at the same age Hadley was, we just need to slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and anticipate yeah and enjoy the first the first year when Uh it's just very intense and not feel obligated to stretch ourselves overly thin it's hard for us to gear down it is very hard yeah i think just acknowledgement of from a tempo and you know 
uh, our capacity standpoint, for the sake of our third child and for the sake of our family, we just need to do a better job of saying no. So Thanks. aspects of evolution for Hunter and Brooks's third child equal humility. <laughs> yeah. Having a right self-concept, as Hannah Anderson said. <laughs> yeah. We can't do it all. Well, we can. It just has lots of consequences. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So what do I do that encourages you the most? That's kind of a general question. It could take it whatever way you want. Yeah. So I think the the first thing that comes to mind is you just do an incredible job of of serving me and taking care of me. And I, I don't need to be taken care of, but it just helps me in so many ways is my job is very demanding and there's a lot of other things going on, just the way in which you, you serve me. And I, I, you know, to elaborate on that, you know, just taking care of our girls, just taking care of our household, like feeding me. I mean, all the basic things. <laughs> you probably do it just because I'm grouchy when I'm hungry, but. <laughs> no, because I love you. Yeah. I mean, that's super basic. Uh, but, you know, I just know that you have my back through thick and thin and, you know, whether it's difficult times at work or tough fork in the road for us as far as life goes just knowing that we're on the same team is is just an incredible encouragement to me i feel like you do the same for me i'm going to tell you what encourages me the most it's weird because i i feel encouraged as a wife and as a mother a lot of those tasks are mundane sometimes we have to have conversations like hey i do need verbal affirmation because i think i'm more verbal when it comes to like verbal affirmation i think i need more verbal affirmation than you you think that's, that's probably right? true <laughs> But those things aside, a hugely encouraging thing is you having eyes to see the ways in which God's gifted me and then trying to give me opportunities to exercise those giftings. So like when we were at Fort Benning, that looked like teaching a Bible study at our local church. And that did come at a sacrifice and at a cost to like our time together and financial costs, needing time with babysitters or things like that. And then it kind of shifted and morphed and changed to writing for Deeply Rooted, and now it's Journey Women. And yeah. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for you. I yeah. say that all the time. Hunter's told me she's going to quit about 50 times, and I tell her she can't. <laughs> and then I have to walk in submission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for you guys. All right, so what encouragement do you have for the wife whose husband isn't really pursuing the Lord? Or maybe she has a sense that he isn't like sensitive to the Holy Spirit, isn't reading his Bible, isn't engaged in like his relationship with the Lord. Like, do you have any encouragement for her? You know, my encouragement would be to stay the course, right? So to model what it looks like to, even if it's difficult, because you're not being led in that way, you know, from mm -hmm. by, by your husband, but to continue on that course of just, if you have kids, like still continue to live that out and just maintaining those disciplines that you have, even if you don't feel supported in that way. Yeah, just stay the course. And I think, right, first Peter 3 talks about this, but, you know, you, you will just be a witness to your husband and your husband will notice. That would be my recommendation. I think I think there's a way to go about a conversation. Uh, I think I'd be very gentle and delicate with it, but I would say, you know, the the like confrontation method is probably not going to bode well. Again, it's completely circumstantial, but I would just say remain faithful to what God has called you to as a follower of Jesus and as a loving and faithful spouse and 
you know, marriage is a long haul lifetime event, right? So there's time for God to work in his heart. And I think him seeing you uh, remain faithful will be an incredible witness to him. Mm -hmm. I was so challenged when I had Jared Lopes of the Dad Tired podcast on, because I think he talked a lot about praying for your spouse and being faithful to pray for your spouse and for your spouse's heart. Because I know my method is a little more aggressive and it's a little more prideful. And I haven't even talked to the Lord about some of the things that I've like confronted you on in the past. And I was really yeah, challenged prayers, by that. Prayer is absolutely vital. How do I challenge you to be more like Christ? I just talked about it, right? So your your devotion to Jesus, seeing you live that out day in and day out when it's extremely challenging and difficult, right? So... What, a couple nights ago, we were up all night with our two Oh my kiddos. goodness, that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> that even... was ridiculous. My watch that I walked two miles on, <laughs> back and forth that night to my kids' room and back because they were just constantly up. All that to say, I mean, it's just life of being a mother and of being a podcast host and an army spouse. There's just so many different things. And you just continue to remain faithful and serve God and serve our family and serve our local church. And it's an incredible encouragement to me. Well, it's also pretty clunky too, right? I totally flipped out at you the other day. Yeah, that's life. (laughs) I'm just saying, I just got to bring it, bring it to normal. (laughs) How do you, Brooks, challenge me, Hunter, And it's really the same. And I think this is a theme that I've seen in the podcast, which you forgot to put the question, how many episodes have you listened to, my babes? Less than 10. (laughs) (laughs) So you wouldn't know that this is a theme on the podcast, which I love you for. It's all good. But one of the themes is that really there's like no new truth. Betsy Gomez and I talked about this on our episode that aired last week, how the same old truths are the ones that we have to remember. And so like seeing you prioritize getting in your Bible every day is like a source of accountability for me doing the same. And we do have little things that we do together as a couple, but I definitely think that those vary couple to couple. I'm talking about us like reading through the Bible. Yeah, couple to couple and season to season. Season to season, for sure. I think the main thing is just like the consistency of you prioritizing your relationship with the Lord, regardless of the season that you're in. Like, I mean, you're in ranger school you're not sitting down and having a quiet time every day. You know what I'm saying? But you <laughs> continually were asking for like scripture cards for meditation and things like that. And even just knowing that you were prioritizing that in a season in which you were getting two, three hours of sleep a day. Yeah. Um, it encouraged me to do likewise, whatever I could in the season that I'm in. And yeah, that's a good one for, for when you have a newborn. Got to, got to remember that in a couple months. I would say if you, if you, are trying to establish, you know, like pick if if you have a spouse or if you have roommates in college or whatever, like pick one thing, right? And and like do that as opposed to mm. setting up, you know, an idealistic everything that you've heard from, you know, any pastor or podcast or whatever. It's just you're setting yourself up for failure. I oh think my goodness, being yeah. Honest with the resources you have available and the time you have available and just trying to at least you know, doing one or two things. Um, and I think that's faithfully. Yeah. Faithfully. And I think that's, that's what's important. Yeah, I agree. I guess that kind of fits in with like this question that we got about whether or not we set goals, 
which is really funny to me because I think people would think that we set goals because we're both pretty type A. But the answer to that question is no. Right? I think I'm finally at a point where I would be comfortable setting goals together. I think I've like realized the the benefit the benefit of, of them. But I think for so many years, I was just like, a, if I resolve to do something, which I guess is another word for a goal, then I'm going to do it. Maybe it's like setting goals at, when everyone else is setting goals. You like, it turns you off. the new year, I'm like, it's cliche. Dude, just do it. I set my own goals, but we haven't set goals as a couple. Yeah, this year, 2019. Oh, are you going to set goals? Yeah, a goal probably. A goal. <laughs> I've got to keep it simple. <laughs> so speaking of goals, where is Journey Women going once this baby gets here? I guess that's a question for myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where is Journey Women going once the baby gets here? Uh, well, this is our last episode. We've been going since last Christmas, which I cannot believe. And it's all thanks to number one, the Lord and his sustaining power. But number two to you. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to take that credit because it's so true. And we're going to break. We're going to take a nice long maternity leave. And we appreciate you guys sticking around. The next episode is going to air on April the 1st of 2019, the Lord willing. And we're really excited. We already have plans for guests and the topics that we're going to cover in 2019. Um, And so make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out. And of course, we're going to be over on social media at Journey Women Podcast doing all the things so that we can stay connected during this little maternity leave. But Brooks, thank you so much for encouraging me to continue and and stay the course, as you said, in regard to Journey Women. Thanks for letting me hang out in the closet with you. (laughs) Well, that doesn't happen every time and you're not done yet. So (laughs) last question I want to ask is, what encouragement do you have for a single gal who really wants to be married? Maybe she's listening to this conversation and she's like, dang it, I just wish I had my person to sit in the closet with and record a podcast. What encouragement do you have for her? The first thing I would say is that as a single girl or guy, you have more time and resources at your fingertips than you ever will. So take advantage of that and steward that wisely because if you know, the Lord does call or lead you to marriage like that, that will change, right? You'll have another person to consider and to consider and how you make decisions and Mm -hmm. what you do. So I would just take advantage of that and use that time and that season wisely and enjoy it. I would say for those who are wanting to get married or are, you know, in that season, the encouragement I or advice I've given to you know, our friends who have been dating or, you know, have gotten married is, is to find, to find a man that, that you respect and that you want to follow and be much more focused on who he is and not what he does or think he's going to do because, you know, Lord willing, you'll be married to that person for 50 to 60 years. I mean, hopefully longer for us and for us, right? Like, Hunter did not want to go into the army, but that it will be a season of our life. And then we'll move on to the next thing. So find someone you want to follow. I would say do a good like friends check, both with his friends who he hangs out with. And then, you know, I would just have your friends who know you well, who you can trust, uh, spend time around him and 
you know, maybe put them through a little like interview, <laughs> you know, whatever. You, you went through many interviews. I went through a lot. Yeah. Hunter had a, a very robust defensive uh, <laughs> perimeter around her. So it took me some time, but you know, have your friends spend time with them and if they, and just heed their advice, right? It's so easy when you're dating someone to get infatuated with that person or the concept of marrying that person that a lot of times it's hard for you to to really objectively look at the situation. That's what made me want to marry you. I was like, man, I could follow this guy. And I think one of the reasons why I knew that is because I trusted your decision-making processes and the way that you went about thinking through situations. I trusted them more than I trusted myself. I had not experienced that in any other dating relationship until that point. Yeah. And I didn't mention this, but this obviously is is a given, which is why I didn't mention it. But I mean, just find someone who loves and is devoted to Jesus and has has solid character. Mm-hmm. And, and that that right there will, regardless of what you guys do or where you live or mm-hmm. whatever season of life you're in, that, that will be such, what would be the word? Well, when you're talking about find someone you want to follow. It's like, well, of course, as a believer, you want to follow someone who follows Jesus. And so when I saw that you were fiercely submitted to the Lord, I'm like, well, I trust the Lord to guide and direct the man that I submit myself to. If this man has a a sensitive spirit, like, and is desiring to follow him and loves the Lord as God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know? And so that was like what I was looking for when I was considering, even though, like you said, we're talking about what you do. I think you mean occupationally, right? Like what you're practically doing. Yeah. Out of college or, you know, anyone in their thirties, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. So mm-hmm. to latch yourself to, well, he's going to go do this. I don't want any part of that, or I don't want part of that lifestyle. Well, guess what? I, I can't think of any one of my friends who hasn't changed what they are doing since we've gotten out of college. So to make that a conditional priority. I think it's a consideration. I just don't think it's an absolute. That's very well said. Well, I'm glad I'm following you, my babes. Speaking of next season, are you willing to talk about the fact that we have a transition coming up? Sure. I guess since I'm on the podcast, I might as well. So yeah, so we're we're transitioning out of the army in 2019. After what, eight years of service? Yeah, it'll be a little over eight years. So I Love the army. I have really enjoyed my time serving my country and just being in the army. I think it's, it's such a unique opportunity, but just due to family considerations, you know, with with a growing family and the amount of time that to do your job well, the time demand the the army demands of of your time. It was just the right time for us to to move on to the next mm-hmm. the next adventure. Really hard decision, but yeah. Do you know what you're going to do next? I don't. (laughs) We'll see what the Lord has, as Matt Lance says. Yeah, we'll leave it at that for right now. We'll keep you guys posted. But we wanted to let you know there's some big change ahead for the Beeless family welcoming our third baby into our family and also moving towards civilian life. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas is coming up, babe. I still got to get your present. I've got and one. actually, tomorrow's your birthday. Yeah, our Excel spreadsheet is looking good, though. <laughs> so do you have any last-minute gift ideas that you would suggest for a woman looking to gift something good to her man this Christmas? And let's make it applicable to those last-minute buyers who might have waited until December the 17th. 
Yeah. So what? You're a week out at December seventeenth. Yeah. So I would say Amazon Prime is your friend. Uh huh. I guess all of my ideas will be primable. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first, especially when it comes to like you know spiritual or personal development. One thing that I would recommend is biographies. Right. So a lot of times, at least for me, I can only read so many Christian books in a row before I'm just kind of like I need a something different. Uh, how, so, many, how many Christian books have you read in a row, babe? Five. <laughs> so my recommendation for that would be biographies, right? I, I, the two that come to mind are both by Eric Metaxas, uh, which is uh, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer biography and the Martin Luther biography. Hmm. Uh, I just really William Wilberforce is really good too. Yeah. I just enjoy reading biographies because it, it spurs me on my faith as well as like, lets me see, you know, a man in all of his complexities and both the things that he, you know, did really well, and then the human side of it. And I think that's such an encouragement to me just to learn from someone's life, you know, and to be encouraged in that, both the things that I can apply and the things to be wary of hmm. as a follower of Jesus and as a man. It's like discipleship via book. Via book from very famous men that we never would have had access mm-hmm. to. Uh, I would say the second thing would just be if he has a hobby, whatever that hobby may be, like something that applies to that. So sometimes I feel guilty, like spending our money on hobbies and yeah, t- to be able to get a gift in that arena would be cool. Hmm. So how do you go about getting a gift? If like, you know, nothing about the hobby, like say fishing or hunting, do you just like go to the store and say like, what's a good gift for a guy who likes to hunt? Well, it'd be prime. I would just be, for me, <laughs> I, I, I'm very particular about what I get. So so that's just, what makes it hard. Yeah, just be like, babe, what do you want? And I'd be like, this. <laughs> and sentimental. You, super sentimental, but very awesome. And then uh, lastly would just be time. I, I You know, giving the gift of time, right? So... We have two, soon to be three kids, and I work all week. Hunter takes care of the kids all week. And, you know, it's hard to get away and spend time with guys, um, you know, some of my guy friends. But I think it's important, and I think to give the gift of, you know, just the freedom of whatever that may be, whatever your spouse or a significant other, you know, is into, just a backpacking trip or, you know, wood a time in, in the woodworking shop or... 18 holes of golf or whatever it may be. I mean, it could be so many different things. I think to give that gift would be A, free, and B, you know, a cool gift. Very last minute friendly. I'm glad I have some ideas. Thank you. quick card. Yeah. (laughs) What are your three simple joys? I don't regularly think about my simple joys in life, which... Now you will. Yeah, it was so good. Would be so. The first would be when I get home from work, and my two daughters greet me, or I come in, and just you know whether they've seen me four hours ago, if I was able to sneak home for lunch, or it's been you know months. Like they greet me with the same excitement and enthusiasm, and just joy every time, and it is awesome. That's really cute. Yeah. So that's that's my first. It. It's the best part of my day, probably every day. They'll probably grow out of it soon. It'll be sad. The second is, man, I just love like a well-executed and 
balanced budget. Holy smokes. I wasn't expecting you to say that. That's one way I know I can love you well. I love budgeting. So I don't love budgeting, but I'm thankful for it. But that's fine because I love doing it. So yeah, it's totally. Cool. It works out, but it's also a discipline for me to love you in this arena. Yeah, God gives many gifts, and I did not receive not one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so yeah, that's my second. Uh, we use, I guess, uh, you need a budget. It's it's an incredible budgeting software, and we've used it what our whole marriage. Uh-huh. It's, really helped with communication it's communication helped. and yeah. and establish our priorities uh because i believe where you know where your money goes is where your priorities are so that's been it's hasn't always been easy for us but it's been good and when we're, when it's humming along it's just a simple joy we've had a lot of fights over wine up not fights but vibrant discussions uh yeah more so shame on my part for not making my budget let's be real but you know what? You've been super gracious and I'm really glad because I feel like I have a much healthier relationship with money and spending than I ever have in my life. So thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. And then my third would be just time with with guys, right? So guys who know me well, who I can be myself around and that usually involves the previous mentioned, you know, hobbies of some. I, I just enjoy doing things with other guys and that's kind of where I am able to reset and blow off some steam, if you will. So, yeah. Nice. I really like your friends. I think that's another thing we wanted to mention on the single gals, but we forgot. Yeah. Get a man with good friends who love the Lord. Yeah. If he's got lame friends, he's probably lame. It's true. <laughs> so who is it that's had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? I know many of your friends have but can it's, you limit it to one yeah it's it's uh it's got to be the pod father so matt lance who has yeah i guess been on the what podcast twice um so he was the director of the forge that's who's who married us which hunter mentioned earlier but he is just uh we are god designed us very similarly and matt helped me understand who i was and help me understand my personality, both my strengths and weaknesses better than anyone uh, else. And also just show me what it looked like to walk faithfully with the Lord. And also Matt was a guy and a man who is willing to go toe to toe with me and, and like, you know, toe the line and, and keep me in check. And I've just really appreciated that. I think Hunter's probably used the term before, but you know, I've, I've been lanced multiple times and they're all justified. So yeah, Matt, Matt has just been an incredible mentor and, um, you know, to sit under his discipleship and tutelage has just been amazing. Then I would say the other person, uh, who has also just had an incredible impact on my life is my dad. Um, you know, I, I, I've been able to witness and see my dad from the time I was born or, have any, you know, any memory is my dad has just been faithful to the Lord and has loved me and my uh, siblings incredibly well. He's also just done an incredible job, you know, loving my mom and supporting her and her dreams. And it's just been, you know, what we've talked about throughout kind of this conversation, just of remaining faithful over many, many years. Mm -hmm. And it's just been it's such a gift to have a dad who loves the Lord and um, has modeled that so well for, for his kids. 
Oh, Raj. I don't think I would have this podcast without Roger either. Yeah, he's he's probably the biggest Journey Women fan. <laughs> well, goodness, babe, you have had such an impact on my journey with Jesus. I can't believe I've waited for so long to share you with the Journey Women listeners. Maybe it's because... That's because I've been dragging my heels. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to say, but thanks for joining us on the show today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, babe. Was it as bad as you thought? Uh, seven out of ten. <laughs> Love you. Guys, this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Pod Shaper team. Thank you so much for listening. As I mentioned, this marks the beginning of my maternity leave. If you're a longtime listener, we would love for you to partner with us through the break by financially contributing to the ministry of Journey Women. Head over to journeywomenpodcast.com slash give, and you can find all the details on what the podcast costs and how you can help us continue offering free gospel-centered content. The Lord willing, we're going to be back and running April 1st, 2019. It has been an absolute joy to get to journey alongside you guys this year. I wish I could see you next Monday, but I'll see you on April the 1st. Have a great week and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.